your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 723 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and we've got a lot to do in today's episode here. Sort of a continuation, a part two of our most recent episode. In that episode, I recapped what was just an outstanding performance at home by the Rangers against the Chicago Blackhawks. It was a complete disaster, uh, but we're going to talk about some ongoing storylines and just uh, some more talking points coming out of that game because, as I mentioned in our last episode, it was too much to cram all into one episode. Didn't want to have to rush through anything, and so today, Monday morning, want to go ahead and hammer out another episode before the Rangers are back in action tonight at home against the St. Louis Blues, and uh, feels like a must-win game. I mean, I would have said the same thing about the last game, too, but uh, I guess that makes tonight even more of a must-win game. But we're going to talk about uh, some of Gerard Gallant's comments coming out of this most recent game, the 5-3 to loss to the Blackhawks. Also going to start wondering if his seat is starting to get hot and if the Rangers would uh, do what sounded like it would be an unthinkable thing to do coming into the season when you consider all the success that they had last year and potentially make a change as far as head coach is concerned. Also going to talk about Barry Trotz and if he could potentially be in play for the Rangers. I, I just can't even believe we're talking about that. I never would have guessed that this early into a season in which the Rangers surprised everybody. Most people didn't even have them making the playoffs going into last season. And they go to the Eastern Conference Final and the vibes are up, and everybody's feeling good, and the Rangers are set for many years to come, and now we're, what, like a third of the way, approaching the third of the way mark of this season, and we're already talking about potentially making a coaching change, a pretty dramatic turnaround, to be sure. Uh, I'm also going to uh, uh, share a tweet that I sent out on Twitter that a lot of you guys responded to, uh, because I can't rant forever on everything going on with the Rangers. I want to hear from you guys as well, so we're going to get to that, and uh, going to share some of those responses from you guys, you know, that occurred on Twitter there, and also some interesting comments by Jacob Truba after the game against the Blackhawks, so we will get to those as well. We kind of just glossed over those in the last episode, want to spend a little bit more time on those uh, right here, right now, today. So we'll start with Gallant and everything he said after this most recent game. He said of the Blackhawks game that it was better than the overtime loss against the Senators, which I do not agree with. Both games were bad. I thought the Blackhawks game was even worse, but this is what he had to say about it after the game. It was different. I thought we played Faster and played harder, but same result. We've got to make some adjustments, but we definitely played harder. Now, a lot of people are going to hear that and say, what is he thinking? What game is he watching? Uh, Where's the accountability? Where's this, that, and the other thing? Uh, Actually, let me start right there with the accountability factor. So an issue that I had with David Quinn, and I was not as much of a uh, anti-David Quinn Ranger fan as I think a lot of Rangers fans were. There were times where he did some things that I didn't like. I thought, Uh, you know, before all the firing started happening in what turned out to be his last year, that he could be and maybe even should be back for a fourth season with this team. But one issue that I always had with David Quinn was that it felt like it was everybody's fault but his. In his post-game pressers, you know, he would say things like, I was disappointed with everybody tonight. Everybody. But he never went that extra mile there and said, and that starts with me. I'm the coach. I have to have these guys ready to go. And I didn't like that. And I got to say with Gallant, 
we didn't really see it last year because the Rangers, they never really went on losing streaks last year. So there was never any real reason to, you know, say anything like that. Um, but this year with the Rangers struggling, Gallant, I mean, there was one game where he mentioned the coaches have to be better, the players have to be better, everybody has to be better. But for the most part, you know, I don't feel like he's really standing up and taking the blame the way that he could and the way that he should with his team playing the brand of uninspired hockey that it's currently playing. I think there has to be some accountability there. And I think, you know, I'm not in that locker room. I don't personally know any of these Ranger players. But if the coach stands up and he's accountable, uh, I think that that's probably a good message to send to the locker room that, hey, we're all in this together and it's on me for not having these guys ready to go. And... You know, again, everybody shares in the blame. I, I think with Gallant, there just hasn't been enough uh, accountability, at least not publicly, where he says, you know what, this is on me. I have to fix it. I'll get it right. Uh, we're we're going to figure this out together here, but it starts with me. There hasn't really been any kind of quote like that uh, from Gerard Gallant. Now, as far as his postgame comments here against the Blackhawks, I know there's a lot of people that think it's tone deaf and uh, like what kind of, what game is he watching and what is he seeing out there? What is he seeing that we're not seeing, right? I think part of what he's doing here because there's no way he can be satisfied with that effort that the Rangers gave against the Blackhawks. There's no way. So I think part of what he's doing here is he's not going to throw his players under the bus. You can't, as a head coach in this league, whether it's of the Rangers or anybody else, if your team is on a losing streak, you can't have your postgame presser and just put it all on the players and just rip into them publicly after every single loss. You know, at a certain point, you'd start to lose credibility if you do that. And again, if the coach is always blaming the players and not taking responsibility himself, uh, then that's not going to go over well in that locker room. Maybe that's Galant's way of just saying like, hey, you know what? I've got your back. We'll keep everything in-house. I'll go out there and I'll say that I, I thought this was a better effort tonight. That's just me hypothesizing. I don't know that. Like I said, I do not know Gerard Galant personally, but that's just kind of my assumption here is that, you know, whether you're Galant or any coach in this league, you cannot go out there every single uh, after every single loss and just be all doom and gloom and the sky is falling. You have to try to find some positives and you have to, uh, you know, try to build your team a little bit back up uh, rather than tear them down after, you know, again, every single loss that you suffer. But things are bad right now. Um, and those comments, I can understand why they rub Ranger fans the wrong way, even though I think uh, his intentions were good. If I had to take a guess at why he said that, because, I mean, again, there's no way, there's no way that Gallant or anybody else can look at what the Rangers did against the Blackhawks and feel good about it at all. I mean, they, for 60 minutes, it was just bad hockey. There were maybe a couple of stretches, a couple of bursts here and there, but not much of anything uh, as far as positives to take away from that game. But I have another question here, and this is another topic that I want to save. I'm going to talk about this uh, in greater detail in a future episode. But, you know, for, for all these players that, because there's this theory right now that, well, maybe they've quit on Gerard Gallant, he's lost the locker room, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I have a question uh, for all these Ranger players that have been here uh, since David Quinn was the coach and now into the Gerard Gallant area. If you have quit on your coach a quarter of the way into the season, I, we're farther than that now, but basically uh, when you look at how bad they've played recently, they basically quit on him about a quarter of the way into the season or even less. You quit on a coach that took you to the Eastern Conference Final last year after you had not been a playoff team, had not even really sniffed the playoffs in many years. And we're not going to count 2020 because they let everybody into the playoffs that year. So this guy comes in, takes a team that you've basically had for however many years you want to go back, same core group of players, takes you to the Eastern Conference Final, and you quit on him, what, 12 games into the next season? You quit on that guy, just like you quit on David Quinn. I mean— Quit might be a bit of a strong word because the Rangers, you know, in the David Quinn era, they were ridiculously young, a lot of inexperience, a lot of guys on that team kind of finding their way in the NHL, a lot of new faces in place, a lot of guys kind of getting used to playing with each other and everything. But 
One thing that I always thought was really telling, at the end of David Quinn's uh, tenure, what turned out to be his final season, you know, the season ends, and look, I think the writing was on the wall. Once they fired uh, Jeff Gordon and John Davidson, you could pretty much figure out that David Quinn was going to be next. They were just going to let him figure out, uh, finish out excuse me, the regular season and then move on from him uh, once the season ended, which is exactly what ended up happening. But something that was telling for me is that none of the Ranger players really went to bat for David Quinn when that season ended. And I do think, and some of this you can chalk up to inexperience and youth, but the effort level under David Quinn was very much hit or miss. I used to joke that it was like playing roulette every single night with the Rangers. You never knew what they, you were going to get from them. They could lose to a bad team under David Quinn, come out and beat a really good team the next game. You just never knew for sure. But uneven results, and I, I think maybe even at least some uneven effort under David Quinn. So the Rangers now, David Quinn... You know, kind of a hands-on coach, kind of uh, a little bit tough on the players. He would bench players mid-game. We saw that with guys like Buchnevich and Strom when they were here. Uh, they seemed to be two of uh, Quinn's targets at that time. But David Quinn was kind of the bold hire by the Rangers. He had never coached in the NHL, save for a uh, very short uh, assistant coaching spurt, I think with the Colorado Avalanche like 10 years before that, uh, before right now. Um, so they brought him in, but bottom line, whether however many games he got as an assistant coach uh, with the Avalanche in the past, it's not really relevant. This was the college coach. This was the guy that had enormous success as a college coach. You bring him in, and the Rangers seemingly, by the end of his tenure, just weren't buying whatever he was selling. Didn't really seem like they were ready to go to battle for him every single night, and the Rangers made the change, and they bring in Gerard Gallant, and Gallant is basically the opposite of David Quinn. By all accounts, He's a little bit more hands-off. When guys have off days, he's not, like, texting them and, like, finding out what they're doing and babysitting them and all that stuff. And seems to have uh, something of a reputation as a player's coach. So you don't want to play for the college guy and the guy that was kind of hands-on and, and kind of, you know, would get on you and, and have mid-game benchings and whatnot. You also don't want to play for the guy that took you to the Eastern Conference Final last year and, you know, is, is kind of the grizzled NHL veteran. You know, obviously played for a lot of years in this league, was a very good player, has had a couple of different other uh, head coaching stops along the way, and has had varying degrees of success in most of those stops. Hasn't won a Stanley Cup, but at least got to a final. So you don't want to play for one extreme or the other. So who do you want to play for? Who do you want to play for? You don't want to play for the guy that's tough on you. You don't want to play for the player's coach either. I don't like that at all. I mean, at a certain point, I think some of these players on the Rangers really need to look themselves in the mirror because Gerard Gallant is not perfect, but he's come in and he's had success with this team uh, right off the bat. If if you count last season, which obviously I am, it's one of only two seasons that he's been here, and now they're struggling a little bit, and they gave up on him, what, 10 or 12 games into this season? That's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you should be out there wanting to run through a wall for this guy, and I will be the first to admit, Glenn is not perfect. I've come on here, and I've questioned some of his decisions, and I'm going to do that a little bit later in today's episode when we talk about the line combinations that they're going with and also the power play situation, but your guess is as good as mine for what kind of a coach these Ranger players would like to play for. Because it seems like they quit on Quinn, and they might be doing the same thing with Gerard Glenn. But anyway, we're going to keep talking about all this stuff in just a second. I want to talk about Barry Trotz and the idea of him maybe coming to coach the Rangers. I mean, I feel like we're getting way ahead of ourselves here, but it's one of those things that's kind of in the air right now. And if the Rangers do move on from Gallant, I would imagine the first person that they're going to call is probably Barry Trotz. So I think it's at least worth a discussion here, but I'm just... Absolutely dumbfounded by the effort that the Rangers are giving to Gallant this season, and I'm dumbfounded that we are in this position where we're not talking about a potential Stanley Cup push and trading for Patrick Kane and trading for this guy. And tra we're not even sure like that this team is going to make the playoffs and, and even have the same coach that they currently have a week from today. So, like I said, a lot to discuss on today's episode. We will get to the Barry Trot stuff in just a second. But first... 
Got to let everybody know. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Simply Safe. At Locked On New York Rangers, we believe home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On New York Rangers listeners 40% off a new home security system. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report for the third year in a row. 24-7 professional monitoring service costs under a dollar a day, less than half the price of traditional home security systems. With the top-rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system, arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust system settings anytime, anywhere. Do not miss your chance to save big on our favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL today. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL today. There is no safe like Simply Safe. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Okay, so. Everybody and their mom wants Barry Trotz to coach this team, apparently. I mean, that, that's kind of the sentiment that I'm getting from Twitter, and I can see why he would be appealing. Going to just kind of go over his credentials. I mean, I think a lot of people know who Barry Trotz is, but you might not know, you know, every stop that he's had, so we'll just kind of look at his profile here. And again, I, I just cannot even believe it's come to this, but be that as it may, we're at least going to take a glimpse at Barry Trotz here. So NHL record as a head coach, 914 wins, 670 losses. Uh, 60 ties, and 168 overtime losses. Most notably, won the Stanley Cup with the Capitals in 2017-2018. That was actually against Gerard Gallant and the Vegas Golden Knights. He's also 83-79 and in his career in the postseason. Uh, Something that I had not realized about Trotz, I remember him coaching the Nashville Predators. He was there for 15 seasons. Uh, Started there in 1998-1999, lasted until 2013-2014. Only made the playoffs in seven of those 15 seasons. Uh, only won two playoff series with the Predators in 15 seasons and only made it out of the first round twice. Both the times where he won a playoff series, uh, the Predators went on to lose the next one. And he actually missed the playoffs his first five seasons as head coach of the Predators. I don't think anyone can survive that in today's day and age. If you're a head coach and you get a job and you don't make the playoffs for five straight years in a league where there's constant turnover and constant, you know, this team is has quit on that coach and all this stuff and a, team, a league, excuse me, where half the teams make the playoffs. I don't think that's survivable anymore where you can miss the playoffs for five straight years and not lose your job. Um, but he goes to the Capitals, loses in the second round in the first three years, including notably to the Rangers, his first season there. Uh, that was the Derek Stepan game seven overtime winner in that season. Uh, then Trotz wins the cup in the fourth year with the Capitals. They don't come to terms on a new contract, and the next thing you know, he's coaching the Islanders. Uh, The Islanders made it to the second round his first year. They made it to the uh, conference final slash uh, NHL semifinals due to the, you know, COVID year where all the divisions were mixed up. Third round. We'll just say the third round for two straight years, and then he missed the playoffs this past year, and uh, Barry Trotz for the first time in a long time, not the head coach of an NHL team right now. So I see why he's appealing. The guy's obviously had some success. He's won a Stanley Cup. I will say, though, you know, for everybody that wants to get more production out of, you know, Lafreniere and Kako and Hedl, all the usual suspects, all these young New York Ranger forwards that were high draft picks, first round draft picks, 
Barry Trotz teams play a very defensive, very grind-it-out style. I mean, watching the Islanders over these past couple of seasons when he was their coach, it was an absolutely painful experience. It didn't help that anytime I watched the Islanders, it was usually watching the Rangers lose to the Islanders. But you get the idea. I don't know that his style is, is the best when it comes to getting the absolute most out of guys like Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco and Filipino. I just want to throw that out there for everybody that thinks Barry Trotz is going to come in here and all of a sudden you know, Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco are going to be point-per-game players or maybe even more than that. Just want to toss that into the atmosphere. And again, I don't think Gallant should be fired. I think the Rangers should pull it together and start playing hard for this guy that came in here and, uh, you know, obviously did a heck of a job with this team uh, last season. But I will say this. I think Gallant, because we've talked about, you know, how hot is his seat and what's going to happen here? Is he going to get fired? I think Gallant, Right now, and again, it's Monday as I'm recording this. The Rangers are home against the Blues tonight, and then they've got two away games. They are at the Knights on Wednesday night and at the Avalanche on Friday night. I think that's it for Gerard Gallant. I think he's got three games to get this right. I don't think that the Rangers, if they lose, I mean, if they lose all three of these games, I think there's a very good chance he gets fired because he just can't keep letting this go on forever. If he loses two out of three, same thing could happen, especially if the effort is not good. You know, if they just kind of luck their way into a win and get killed in the other two games, uh, that could do it as well. I do think if the Rangers win two out of three of these next three games in any manner, I think he will still be there, and maybe the seat starts to cool off a little bit, but if the Rangers start to show some signs of, of turning it around, I, I'd like to think that Gallant, you know, from what this Ranger team did last year, uh, you know, going to the Eastern Conference Final, he has a little bit of cachet from that, and something else here. You know, the Rangers in the first two rounds combined last year were 5-0 and when facing elimination. That, to me, tells me that there's a coach in that room that knows how to push the right buttons, that knows how to get the most out of his guys. And we could debate how much of that is the coaching and how much of that is the players taking it upon themselves. But bottom line, the Rangers were unified and they fought their way out of that last year and had just an unbelievable run. So I think that's probably why, um, you know, the, the Rangers don't want to do anything rash. But again, if they drop the next three of these games or two out of three and they don't play well, uh, that might be about it for Galan. And as far as why I think it's going to be the next three games, it's pretty simple. It's because... The Rangers after, uh, so again, Blues on Monday, Knights on Wednesday, Avalanche Friday. After that, it's another three games until the Rangers play again. They are against the Devils on Monday, and then another three games after that until they play again uh, against the Maple Leafs. So the schedule, which has seemingly been really dense this season, it feels like the Rangers sometimes play every night, it kind of uh, is the opposite of that. And I think if you're going to make a coaching change, you might do it at the end of you know a mini road trip here, going to Vegas, going to Colorado. And then, uh, you know, having a couple days, so if a move is made, the new coach can get his other foot in the door and uh, learn his team and figure everything out and, you know, isn't overwhelmed by a really packed, really dense schedule. That's just my thought on this. Again, I'm not campaigning for Glant to be fired. I think the Ranger players need to take it upon themselves to start playing harder and start getting it going. If Glant has lost the room, I mean, how? Why? And that kind of leads me into something else that I'm going to talk about here uh, in just a second because I, I do want to talk about uh, a tweet that I sent out the other, the other night, and, and you guys respond to it. I want to get some of your responses for that as well. And I uh, also want to talk about Jacob Truba's comments after the most recent Ranger loss, and we're going to do all that good stuff or bad stuff in just a second here. All right, let's start with the Truba stuff. So a lot of people, you know, watch the postgame uh, show on MSG, and obviously, you know, the Rangers are, are just dumbfounded, and they don't know what's going on, and Jacob Truba... Uh, this is what he was asked a question as far as, you know, what's going on and, and what's wrong with this team, basically. And when he went to answer the question, he said, I need to be careful with what I say here. 
And then there was a really long pause. And then he kind of went to, you know, captain speak where I think, you know, he's being tough on the team. But he also is being careful not to throw anybody under the bus. He basically just wanted to say something like, you know, the team needs more energy, needs more urgency. We can't just go out there for a twirl uh, when we're on the ice. And a lot of people thought that, you know, when he said, I need to be careful with what I say here, that that meant that, you know, there was something on the tip of his tongue. He was going to reveal something scandalous in the Ranger locker room or a certain player that's kind of dragging the team down, something along those lines. I don't think that's what was going on there. I, I think this is just a case of Truba, as the team captain, wanting to kind of toe that line where he expresses his disappointment with what the Rangers are getting night in and night out, and he expresses his disappointment with the lack of energy, the lack of enthusiasm among uh, this Ranger team right now, but he doesn't want to go too far. He doesn't want to go completely overboard and say we suck and, and dog bleep performance and, and whatever else. I think that's all that was. I, I don't think he was about to reveal that, like, you know, there's one or two players that are dragging the team down or, or anything along those lines. Um, that's just kind of where I'm at with this whole situation. Maybe he would have. I mean, but I, I just don't think the captain is going to go public with that. Uh, that's just kind of my take on the whole situation. And, you know, I know a lot of people, rightfully so, have questioned, you know, Jacob Truba. You know, they... Is he, is he really the right guy to be calling out his teammates right now? Because he's the captain of this team, and he has not played well this season. And I understand, you know, he got into three fights in two nights, trying to spark the team a little bit. I understand he's playing through some nagging injuries. Bottom line, whether Truba's wearing a C on his jersey or an A or a W or a Q, it doesn't matter. Like, this guy is an $8 million a year defenseman, and he needs to start playing like it. We haven't seen anything like that from Jacob Truba uh, all season. And... If he is hurt and he is compromised, then he needs to come out of the lineup for at least a game or two and get healed and get right and uh, hopefully be ready to go after that. So interesting stuff from Jacob Truba, to be sure. And uh, again, I, I don't think that he was going to say anything as far as like, you know, this player is, is killing the team or, or anything along those lines. I could be wrong. Maybe there is something going on in the locker room right now, and maybe there is something that might come out sooner or later. I know some other theories as far as what Truba was about to say include that maybe he was going to call out the coaching staff. Maybe, but again, I just don't think he would do that. That's just my whole instinct on the thing. I think, once again, it was him wanting to toe the line between uh, expressing disappointment and publicly holding the team accountable while also uh, not going overboard and not going a bridge too far and not saying something uh, that he would later regret. So with that, I want to uh, go ahead and share with you guys, uh, anybody watching on Twitter right now, you can see this. And for anybody who's got the audio version, I'll just read it to you. But I want to go ahead and share uh, a tweet that I had the other the other night when the Rangers were, you know, just turning in this excellent performance against the Blackhawks. So this is what I tweeted uh, in the middle of that game. I just said, what changed between last year and this year? This team looked like it would skate through a brick wall for Gerard Glant last year. What changed? And a lot of people kind of weighed in on this, and I just kind of, I want to share some of your responses here because there's some interesting theories. Uh, there's some excellent points made as well. And I want to uh, kind of weigh in after we go through all the comments here on kind of my two cents on this whole thing here. But uh, yeah, to just kind of go through it real quick, we've got uh, Zinthi who says, with as lifeless as they look, I bet Gallant has lost the room. And there are, are a lot of Ranger fans uh, saying that, that Gallant has, you know, lost the room. They don't want to play for him, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, the question, though, remains why. You know, why has this team that had such success under this guy last year and clearly bought into what he was selling— uh, why have they given up on him? And I know a lot of people, they'll look at what the Rangers did last year. Well, they were carried by Igor Shosturkin being in God mode, and they were carried by an excellent power play. 
Uh, carried is a strong word. I think that was, was certainly two of the biggest reasons why the Rangers were as successful as they were last season, but it doesn't explain the lack of effort this year. You can have a lousy power play and a power play that's in a slump, which is exactly what the Rangers have right now, and still have effort. You know, you can have a goalie that isn't in God mode and still have effort. The Rangers, they're not playing with any effort or any urgency that this season, and it's uh, truly uh, befuddling, at least for me, while I watch, uh, watch these games. We've got a... Uh, a response from, I don't know how to pronounce that. It seems like it's in a different language. So honestly, I'm not even going to try, but it's at user name at BAF3472. And uh, this is what this individual had to say about it. They were the same team last year. They just had a goalie having a generational season that masked it all. Gallant was and still is the wrong coach for this team. And that kind of goes back to something that I just said that, you know, obviously Igor having an amazing season last year, that certainly helps the Rangers and their cause and everything. Um, but again, you know, I, I felt like this team played hard for Glant last season. Uh, moving right along here, we'll go to uh, Tonal Recall. That's what he had to say about it. Uh, last year, this team was focused around getting to that level. Last year, we found some success, and that success led to questions of how the next step would be taken. This year, guys are hell-bent on taking that next step personally, not so much together. The whole is greater than the parts. Yeah, I mean, the Rangers last year, to me, it was a case where the sum was greater than the parts. These guys were, were so together, so unified. The team chemistry was through the roof, and we're just not seeing that this season, you know? I don't know that this is the Ranger, the type of team that would prioritize individual stats over winning. I mean, everything that we saw last year would seem to be to the contrary to that. But there does seem to be that lack of uh, chemistry, that lack of a spark. And I, I guess losing as much as the Rangers have will do that to you to a certain extent. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just find it so hard to believe that this team that was so unified last year now is is comprised of the same group of players who now all of a sudden only care about their own individual stats. But I think you're onto something there, uh, Mr. Tonal Recall, uh, that that the chemistry just isn't there this year the way that it was last year. And again, you know, obviously losing will kind of do that to you and kind of uh, make that seem to be the case. Um, we also have a tweet here from Kovey274 Hart, a declining and disinterested Panarin for starters. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Panarin... The turnovers are out of control with Panarin. He, he's got to reel that in a little bit. I've defended Panarin in the past when it comes to uh, some of the turnovers because some of them happen when, you know, he'll, he'll try to, f you know, thread the needle, force a pass, and a lot of times, you know, the pass might get intercepted, but if he completes that pass, it might very well be a goal for the Rangers. But he's been sloppy with the puck this season. Yeah, Panarin, despite having his points, doesn't quite look like the same guy uh, that the Rangers got, you know, the first couple of years that he was here. I, I will say that, but I don't know. Panarin... From what we're getting on the ice, you know, I, I know there's some people that say like, well, you know, the Rangers should try to trade Panarin, get him to move his, wave his no-move clause. I wouldn't go that far either because you're going to miss his offensive production, uh, that is for sure. Vincent J. Accardi says, baffles me as well. Yeah, I mean, that's the nail on the head right there. And then Bleeding Blue 24-7 uh, here has quite a few uh, reasons as far as uh, why the Rangers are, you know, struggling so much. VZ on the top line, kids not developing and playing third line. Halak stinks. Breadman is slumping. And then he says, Gallant might have to go to shake this up. Uh, and then he continues with, Blay is slow. Heedle looks disinterested, sadly. 5v5 is embarrassing at the moment. And Carpenter stinks. Yeah, Carpenter and Halak have not exactly brought a lot to the table this season. VZ on the top line. I've said that's a bridge too far. I actually like how VZ has played this season. One of the few guys kind of giving you more than maybe you would expect. Not like at an all-star level or anything like that, but he's been fine. Um, 
Breadman is, yeah, Breadman's slumping. Everybody's slumping right now. Uh, the kids playing on the third line. I'd like to see them get a little bit more top six time, but we've been over that and over that. Uh, Blaze certainly does look slow. The only thing I would disagree, I don't think Hedo looks disinterested. I think Philip Hedo is among uh, the, the smallest problems that the Rangers have. Uh, he's actually given them a spark at some times this season. So uh, we'll, we'll keep going here. Uh, Liz slash Christine slash Sarah. Small things are compounding into bigger issues, and now they're desperate. Top talent is underperforming. Too many bad giveaways. Too many stupid penalties. Not giving Kreider the C and losing Reeves are the icing on the cake. Uh, and then they said, P.S., uh, we love Locked On Rangers and would love for you to give ours a listen. I will, and anybody uh, reading this, definitely give their show a listen as well. I love hearing, uh, you know, different New York Ranger podcasts and just different viewpoints, different takes. Uh, any hockey podcast, really, any sports podcast, especially if it's Locked On. But, uh, yeah, I definitely want to check out this uh, podcast from Liz and Christine and Sarah uh, as well for sure because it, it helps, you know. Sometimes, you know, you do this podcast over and over, and it helps to kind of see things from different angles and, and different viewpoints, and uh, I will definitely go ahead and listen to that show uh, a little bit later today. But as for the comments here, yeah, I mean, I, I think the nail is pretty much hit on the head. The top talent is underperforming. Um, you know, it's funny because you, know, you look at Mika and Kreider. If you just look at their stats, you know, okay, they're having pretty good seasons, but they just don't seem locked in this season the way that they did uh, last season. You know, Mika had a terrible penalty, which is another point that Liz slash Christine slash Sarah made here. Terrible penalty on Mika in the last game. Uh, Kreider just, when the puck is along the boards, he's just not going to do anything. He's just going to stand there. So there's that. Uh, not giving Kreider the captaincy. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of always uh, on Team Kreider when it came to the next Ranger captain. I mean, you could make a case for him. You could make a case for Mika. You could make a case for uh, Jacob Truba, which is who they ended up going with. And I just wonder, like, would that really be the case? Like, would the Ranger locker room become so divided because of who was named the captain? You know, it's possible. I don't want to rule anything out, but it's just so weird to me that, that something is, I don't want to say mundane as that because the captaincy of the New York Rangers, that should be a big deal, but it shouldn't really change the team dynamic that much. Uh, maybe making Truba the captain created a little bit of a divide in that locker room. Um, we will see. There, there's something clearly off with this team right now. And losing Reeves, yeah. I mean, I get why the Rangers did it. Um, they needed to create uh, cap space and be able to, uh, you know, have more cap space when the trade deadline rolls around in case they want to make any moves and bring in this player, bring in that player. So I get why they did it. But by that same token, yeah, Reeves is important to this team. You know, again, I, I thought he was kind of the big brother to everybody. There was that uh, clip of him that kind of went viral. He's now with the Minnesota Wild, and he was, you know, going nuts in the locker room and calling out the starting lineup. He was making all of his teammates laugh. And, man, those kinds of vibes and that kind of dynamic, that kind of stuff is sorely, sorely missing from the New York Ranger locker room right now, or at least it would appear to be. Again, I'm not in the Ranger locker room. I don't know for sure. Uh, but the vibes around this Ranger team just don't seem to be good right now. And... You know, when, when Reeves started becoming an, uh, a nightly healthy scratch and then when the trade happened, that seemed to be when the Rangers fall off. I'm not going to say that's uh, the only reason, but I don't think it helped either. So uh, some excellent points there. And like I said, I will definitely check out your podcast a little bit later today. Uh, we also got a tweet from Rich Towler here. Sammy Blay, Carpenter, Krasoff, Hedl, Gautier are absolutely worthless. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I don't want to go that far. Um, Blay... He hasn't really gotten anything going. I mean, he hits people. That's what Blay does. He goes out there and he hits people. He doesn't really bring much else to the table. Uh, Carpenter, he's a fourth-line center and a pretty mediocre one at that that's making the league minimum. Uh, Kravtsov hasn't really had a chance to get it going, but, I mean, he gets hurt every year. He's quit on this team twice. I don't have a whole lot of really good things to say about Kravtsov right now. Hedl, you know, I'll, I'll stand up for Hedl a little bit. Maybe it's just because, you know, everybody else on the Rangers has been— 
not good at all or just about everybody else. There's some exceptions. You know, I think Ryan Lindgren brings it every night. I think Adam Fox, for the most part, brings it every night. Um, but yeah, Heedle, I'll stand up for him a little bit because he had to deal with a couple of injuries this season and has been at least somewhat productive and seems to be the only guy in the bottom six uh, that's got any chance of giving you any offensive production uh, just about every night. And I know he's played on the second line a little bit as well. Uh, Heedle, I'll stand up for a little bit. Gautier, I mean, it's more of the same. You, you get a couple flashes in the pan every season and, you know, we try to talk ourselves into it. Maybe Gautier is going to finally take off. Uh, there's a reason why the Rangers placed him on waivers this earlier this season. He didn't make the team. Um, so, yeah, kind of uh, hard to get excited about Julian Gauthier's prospects right now. I'll keep my fingers crossed, hope that he eventually figures it out. Not so sure uh, how likely that is to happen. Then we have Guido Gorgonzola here. I'm not sure if that's your real name, but uh, anyway, Guido Gorgonzola says, How long have you watched hockey? Coach shelf lives are very short. First year, AV in Philly, they were a number one seed. Second year, a seller, dwelling, disaster. Same thing here. Neither neither will coach ever again. Well, Mr. Gorgonzola, uh, I have watched hockey since 1994. That was a wonderful season for the New York Rangers. And I get what you're saying. There is a lot of overturn in this league. Um, you know, coach, shelf lives, like you said, they can be pretty short. Uh, you can feel like you have a team that's set to contend for, you know, three years, five years, seven years, and the next thing you know, uh, everything gets blown up. The roster looks very different, and you're starting from scratch all over again. So uh, I get the point here, but I don't think that any of this really explains the tremendous lack of effort that the Rangers have put in for Gallant this season. Um, just my thoughts there. And then finally, Danny B., uh, not saying it's the only reason, but losing a locker room guy like Reeves hurts, and we've been miserable since that trade. I'll go ahead and give that tweet a like right now because, you know what, Reeves— yeah, I mean, he's not a superstar player. He can be a little bit of a liability out there, but there's certain intangible things that he brings into a locker room. And again, I, I think the Rangers could really use somebody like him. And when he got taken out of the lineup and was basically being a healthy scratch every single night, uh, that's when the Rangers started to fall apart. And look, I'm not against uh, scratching Ryan Reeves for certain games in certain situations, but it was something like eight times in nine games. And yet, there's Sammy Blay out there every single night, and there's Ryan Carpenter out there mostly every single night, and there's, you know, Kravtsov getting back in there and Jimmy Vesey playing, and, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't think that there's any way that Ryan Reeves deserved to be a healthy scratch as often as he was for this New York Ranger team, especially when you consider uh, some of the intangibles that he brings into that locker room. Uh, like I said, I thought he did a heck of a job for this team uh, last season. But, uh, yeah, I wanted to, like I said, go ahead and— um, you just read some of your comments because, yeah, I mean, things are bad right now, and I want to get the pulse of Ranger Nation and uh, get your opinions as well because I can only rant about this stuff for so long. Um, so Rangers against the Blues tonight. Uh, the Blues are 11-13. and 13. They've lost five out of their last six. So, yeah, you would hope that this could be a win for the Rangers. They're in sixth place in their division, the central division. Uh, the Ranger line combinations are pretty much exactly what they've been. At least that's how they lined up this morning. Uh, you've got Zibanejad centering Kreider and Vizi. You've got Trocek centering Panarin and Krasov. You've got Gaudreau centering Lafreniere and Kako. You've got Johnny Brodzinski. So that's the one change uh, on the fourth line centering Blay and Gautier. And uh, Carpenter would seem to be the odd man out there. And the power play units are still exactly the same. So that's unfortunate. I wouldn't mind a little bit of a shakeup there. The Rangers on the power play. I believe I mentioned this earlier in today's episode, two for their last 25. And if you're not going to shake up the the units and, you know, who's playing with who, then I want to see, I know it's not going to happen, but I want to see the second unit start one of the power plays. And I want to see them get some significant minutes out there, the chance to win 
or, or the chance to, um, you know, put one in the net and give this team a spark and get some of those guys going. Get Gautier, or get Gautier. Gautier isn't on the power play. Get, uh, let's see, Krausoff going, Lafreniere going, Kako going, guys like that. Um, I, I would like to see it. Do I expect it? Absolutely not. I think they'll probably just do the same thing that they've been doing and uh, just throw the same five guys onto the ice. But yeah, I, I think they could certainly use a uh, shake up there. And I know a lot of people, when they hear me say that, they'll say, well, do you want Philip Hedl out there taking the uh, face off at the start of a power play? It's less than ideal. I'll admit that. So you know what? Flip Hedl and flip Trocek and put Trocek on the second unit and have Trocek out there with the second unit to start a power play. And he's got a very good chance to win that uh, face off. And then you go to work on the power play with the uh, second unit there. So just an idea. Do I think the Rangers will do it? Absolutely not, but we shall see. Uh, but that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.